Then you will truly be successful. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. To those who love God, He has word on your lips. To those who are called, meditate on day and night. According to Be His purpose, to purpose. It's His purpose, not mine. And we know all things work together for the good. Gotta work together. The good. Gotta work together. And we know all things work together for the To those who are called, according to his purpose, it's his purpose, not mine. It's day 11 of our 90 day challenge, and the topic is passion fuels purpose. Deuteronomy 34 and 1. Then Moses climbed Mount Nebo from the plains of Moab to the top of Pisgah, across from Jericho. There the Lord showed him the whole land from Gilead to Dan, all of Naphtali, the territory of Ephraim, and Manasseh, all the land of Judah as far as the Mediterranean Sea, the Negev, and the whole region from the valley of Jericho, the city of Palms as far as Zoar. Then the Lord said to him, This is the land I promised on oath to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob when I said, I will give it to your descendants. I have let you see it with your eyes, but you will not cross over into it. And Moses, the servant of the Lord, died there in Moab, as the Lord had said. He buried him in Moab in the valley opposite Beth Peor. But to this day, no one knows where his grave is. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak, nor his strength gone. The Israelites grieved for Moses in the plains of Moab 30 days until the time of weeping and mourning was over. Now Joshua, son of Nun, was filled with the spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands on him. So the Israelites listened to him and did whatever the Lord had commanded Moses. Joshua 24 and 1. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Shechem. He summoned the elders, leaders, and judges, officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before God. Joshua said to all the people, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says. Long ago, your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshiped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac. And to Isaac, I gave Jacob and Esau. I assigned the hill country of Sirto Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt. Then I sent Moses and Aaron and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there. And I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, 
but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you and you took possession of their land. When Balak, son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, son of Peor, to put a curse on you. But I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you again and again, and I delivered you out of his hand. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also the Amorites, Perizzites, Canaanites, Hittites, Gergesites, Hivites, and Jebusites, but I gave them into your hands. I sent the hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. Also, the two Amorite kings, you did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil and cities you did not build. And you live in them and eat from vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. After these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And that ends our reading for today. The very last scripture I read came from Joshua, the 24th chapter and the 29th verse. Again, our subject is passion fuels purpose. Whenever I watch a movie, I pay attention to two things, how it begins and how it ends. I guess because I love to write, I'm always interested in the first word of a film and the last word. How does the movie end? Whose character gets the last word? And what does that say about the overall goal of the movie? The book of Deuteronomy and the book of Joshua end in two different ways, but both endings teach us something important about passion. During the first 10 days of this challenge, we have meandered around the subject of purpose. Now, I want to intentionally juxtapose purpose with passion because many people assume that purpose and passion are identical twins. They are not. Some have even suggested that passion is purpose and it is not. In my opinion, both passion and purpose live in the same house, but they have two different objectives. Purpose is the vehicle. Passion is the fuel. Purpose is the engine. Passion is the energy. Purpose is the container. Passion is the content. Purpose is the fire. Passion is the flame the fire produces. And because I know you, I'm going to say that again so that you can write it down. Purpose is the vehicle. Passion is the fuel. Purpose is the engine. Passion is the energy. Purpose is the container. Passion is the content. Purpose is the fire. Passion is the flame the fire produces. You see, purpose and passion work together, but they do not earn the same salary. Passion works for purpose. And purpose protects passion. Why? Because purpose is the vehicle and passion is the fuel. 
I love the word fuel because I love the smell of gasoline. Judge yourself and your mama. I am the weirdo who will park at the gas station and inhale deeply to enjoy that weird but potent smell of gasoline. And if you ask me, Amoco has the best gasoline. <laughs> Not BP, Amoco. Gasoline is one way to fuel an engine in vehicles, but that same gasoline, if poured around a house and ignited with a match, can burn a house down. Jesus said it this way, man shall not live by bread alone. In the same way, I believe people should not live by passion alone. Why? Because if passion is not properly contained, the very thing that lights you up can burn you down. Relationships can't live off passion alone. It takes more than passion to keep a relationship going. And if there is no purpose to your partnership, passion cannot sustain it. I'll say that again. Relationships cannot live off of passion alone. It takes more than passion to keep a relationship going. And if there is no purpose to your partnership, passion cannot sustain it. Now, what is interesting about the words man shall not live by bread alone is that most people assume that these words were first uttered by Jesus in the New Testament, Matthew 4 and 4. But if you read Matthew 4 and 4, it doesn't start out, man shall not live by bread alone. It starts out, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, which means Jesus was borrowing from someone else's words. Whose words? Moses's words. Actually, the first time these words show up, in scripture, they're said by Moses and Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 8.3. So he, God, humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. How appropriate is it that these words are said by Moses in the Old Testament? and reiterated by Jesus in the New Testament. How appropriate is it that Deuteronomy ends with Moses dying, but not before laying hands on Joshua? In that brief exchange, Joshua is filled with the spirit of wisdom and presented before the people so they can see in living color, as God was with Moses, God will also be with Joshua. Moses is the pattern. Jesus is the example. Joshua is the bridge. Moses is the pattern. Jesus is the example. Joshua is the bridge. What most people don't know about Joshua is that he served in the shadows much longer than he served in the spotlight. For most of his life, Joshua was the underdog. Moses led the children of Israel for 80 long years. Joshua took notes and served as Moses's ghostwriter. Joshua didn't apply for the leadership position after Moses retired. Nope. Joshua didn't post his good deeds on social media so that he could be considered for the role. Nope. Joshua hid in the shadow, hanging out as a stagehand behind the curtain stage right. Joshua was around. He just wasn't leading. Have you ever seen a mystery movie that exposed the real protagonist at the end of the film? But while nobody thought it was them, the truth is, they had been there all along. You just didn't take their character seriously. That's exactly what God is going to do with you. Today, they will walk past you without even saying hello. Tomorrow, 
they will be standing in line at Barnes & Noble to purchase your best-selling book. Today, they will ask, and how did you spell your name? B-E-Y-O-N-C-E? Hmm, how did your mother come up with that one? But tomorrow, they won't even need to know your last name. Joshua wasn't bothered or offended by Overlook because he didn't do it for the attention. He didn't do it for the mention. He did it as service unto the Lord. Between the pages of Deuteronomy and Joshua, God moves Joshua from the back of the line to the front of the line, but it does not happen instantly. It happens when Joshua is almost 90 years old. You need proof? Look at Joshua 14 and 10. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 40 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. In other words, Joshua was basically saying, don't sleep on me. I may be 85, but I am just getting started. And that word is for somebody today. And I want you to say that out loud. Uh, -uh Don't sleep on me. I may be whatever age you are, but I'm just getting started. Joshua 24, 29 then tells us that after these things, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110, which means Joshua only led for 20 years of his life. He followed for 80 or so. Joshua's story proves to us that purpose matures over time. But the question we all need to answer is, can I stand the waiting period? Joshua takes the baton from Moses and is purposed with the task of leading the people into the promised land. Joshua is passionate about one thing, serving. I used to hear so many comparisons between Joshua and Moses as leaders, and one consistent observation was that Moses was emotionally unhealthy, while Joshua was a clear commander. Another assertion is that Moses had a weak spot, people-pleasing, while Joshua had a definitive disposition, which is why, unlike Moses, Joshua could declare, choose ye this day who you are going to serve. But when I really started to read the scriptures for myself, I stumbled upon this observation. The words, choose ye this day, are not said at the beginning of Joshua's life. They're said at the end of Joshua's life. The words choose ye this day are actually said at the very last chapter of Joshua's story, not in the beginning of his leadership tenure. That means for all we know, it could have taken Joshua a lifetime before he was fully confident about his purpose. But all along, his passion to serve was fueled by his purpose to lead. His passion to serve was fueling his purpose to lead. Ah, His passion to serve was fueling his purpose to lead. Check out the first nine words of the most quoted verse in all of Joshua. Joshua 24, 15. It says, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, pause. There it is. Right there, hidden in plain sight. What was Joshua's passion? Serving. How do we know? Because in the most quoted verse in all of Joshua, he says the word serve four times. Number one, 
If serving the Lord seems undesirable to you. Number two, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Number three, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates. Number four, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua was passionate about serving. He was the subject matter expert of serving. He literally served Moses until the day Moses died. He literally served God in Moses' shadows for 80 years. He literally served the children of Israel faithfully in the spotlight for 30 years. Joshua was just as passionate about serving at 110 years old as he was about serving at 40. Not one time did I ever read in the book of Deuteronomy or Joshua him ask for a raise. I don't see it. I never read Joshua shut down because his leader Moses didn't give him the recognition he deserved. Nope. What I see is Joshua using his last words to share with us his secret to success, serving. I am convinced that Joshua would have served even if they had selected someone else to lead. I am convinced that Joshua didn't need a salary to serve. Serving was a part of his passion DNA. So let me ask you, what is part of your passion DNA? What could you do even if you didn't get paid to do it? Who would you help even if they couldn't afford to compensate you? Purpose is the vehicle. Passion is the fuel. The moment you figure out what fuels your vehicle is the moment you will be able to walk in purpose. And once you get there, your chapter 24, Joshua, will be just as passionate as your chapter one. So what is our passion project today? It is to answer this question seriously. What could I do even if I didn't get paid for it? Then list every single occupation that comes to mind. Make sure to fill your list with jobs that people actually get paid to do, not hobbies you enjoy outside of work. Now, this is important. Because when I give my students a first year writing at Bloomfield College this same assignment, they typically confuse hobby with occupation. So number one, imagine you saying something like, yeah, I'm passionate about traveling, but traveling itself is a hobby. The occupation is pilot or flight attendant because those particular occupations earn a living by flying. Either of those occupations work for this passion project. When my first year writing students say things like, I love to play video games all day, I stop them and I say, okay, unpack that a little more because video gaming is the passion. Perhaps the job isn't a game analyst or a YouTube game commentary. So craft your responses in a similar fashion. Let's pray. Purpose maker, passion sustainer, help me not to confuse the two. Thank you for the electricity I feel when passion and purpose collide. Thank you for the life of Joshua who exemplifies a leader who didn't need the spotlight to shine. As you continue to clarify the purpose for which I have been created, help me not to get in the way. Make me invisible. In Jesus' name, amen.
Time to take to the stage, then I move out the way So that they only see the you that's inside of me Don't let me block the view, that's not what I wanna do I've gotta be seen through, make sure they see you Make me invisible Start to play your song But did he even come along? Or did he get left behind The day that you decided That you would outshine his light But he's headlining this show To introduce him is what I'm here for So without further delay Time to take to the stage Then I'll move out the way So that they only see the you that's inside of me Don't let me block the view That's not what I wanna do I wanna be see-through Make sure they see you Make me invisible Make me invisible Lord, make me invisible I don't want them to see me at all Make me invisible Oh, make me invisible 